Welcome to Strange Familiars. How are you doing tonight, Alice? Okay. Just okay. <laughs> I'm doing great. <laughs> Allison's irritated because we had to restart the show because the bunny was making so much noise that I could barely concentrate. I paid her to do that. It was a sabotage. She's my saboteur. On tonight's show, we have a mixed bag episode. We've got three different people I will be talking to. Oh, I thought you were referring to me. I thought I was I was the mixed bag. <laughs> no, you're the old bag. Okay. First, I'm going to be talking with Jake, who has a rake sighting. Oh, it's just all rhymes tonight is what we're going to do now in Revenge. <laughs> Tim has a whim. <laughs> then I'm going to be talking with Mike from the Moth Boys podcast. They have released this little book called The White Monsters of Sherman, New York. It's a really cool little book, and it sort of documents this odd quest John Keel had printed an anonymous letter in one of his books from someone from Sherman, New York, that said he was seeing these white monsters that looked like prehistoric giant sloths. And the guys from the Moth Boys podcast all grew up in that area. Mm -hmm. So they became really interested in this, and they sort of obsessively started trying to figure out who this was. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they were able to track the guy down, which is like one of these things. I, I told him, like, you get one or two of those. You know what I mean? That Yeah, that, it's like Resurrect dead yeah yeah did we have we ever talked about that movie before i think we did yeah yeah bit. yeah it. yeah it's like that but the, every now and then you get to and it, and like things come together and it just works so i love that aspect of it that they were able to find this guy and get his stories they you know and his family's stories it wasn't just him who saw it his whole family had seen these oh creatures. so it wasn't like because in my mind i'm like okay it's one lone person no, who's having no, his, some sort his of his whole family and they even overheard their neighbors at some point they had uh, seen it too? Talking about seeing something bigger than a bear. That was white. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of sightings. It's real, but it's a really cool story that goes with it about finding this guy and figuring out who he was, mm -hmm. you know, and getting his story documented. And then I'm going to talk with Kat, who saw a fairy right here in Pennsylvania. Does she have a pet rat? <laughs> <laughs> no. There was nothing that rhymed in Mike's story. You're this is you're all going on Jake and the rake here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Before we get to anyone's story, though, mm -hmm. I want to thank our patrons. Thank you, patrons. Thank you so much. Thank you for your help and your support. We could not do Strange Familiars without your help. If you would like to help us continue to make Strange Familiars and get extra content besides, you can become a patron at Patreon. It's patreon.com/strangefamiliars. 
all of our patrons get commercial-free versions of the weekly shows. Plus, we do full exclusive episodes for our patrons every month, at least one. Often we do more than one. Again, you can check it out at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. There's an option via Apple Podcasts as well. The program there is called Patron of the Strange. You can get the weekly shows without the commercials there and the bonus episodes as well. Thank you, patrons. Thank you wherever you signed up. It's a huge help. It helps us continue to make the show. If you want to make a one-time donation to help us out, you can go to the show notes under any episode and look for a paypal.me link, and you can do that there. All right. Let's go ahead and hear from Jake and his rake. I'd like to welcome Jake to the show. He has a sighting of at least what seems to be one of these rake-like creatures. How you doing tonight? Doing good. How you doing? All right. As comfortable as you are, where and when did this happen? And you can be general if, if you don't want to be specific about where it was. I've talked about it before, so I'll throw it out there. It was in Louisville, Kentucky, and probably I'd say mid to late 80s, probably 87, 88. Okay. So this would have been at a time definitely pre-internet, but the name for these things, like calling them rakes or whatever, that, that came later. So you probably just saw something and you didn't know what to call it at the time, huh? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, that's very accurate. So, uh, yeah, if you could just walk us into the story, tell us what you were doing and what happened. Uh, so basically we lived in a subdivision um, in Jefferson County, and at the end of our street, it, it kind of went into like a circular sort of block. But at the end of the street, there was an alley that cut through that connected the blocks. And there was a ditch that ran along it. On the other side of that ditch, there's about a, it used to be a cornfield, but they put a trucking company in there and put up about a, I don't know, I guess a eight to nine foot, maybe 10 foot tall fence top with razor wire to I guess, keep the, the cargo trucks and stuff safe that were sitting back there. And they put up a few of these corrugated buildings to where I guess they would pull the trucks in and unload them or clean them or, you know, whatever involved with the business. And um, me and my friends would always play in the ditch, you know, until the sun went down and we'd all head home. So one day we're down there playing. I guess it was probably springtime because I remember there was water in the ditch. And as the sun was going down behind these corrugated metal buildings, we noticed movement and we looked up and as strange as it sounds, it looked like there was a, a man climbing up the side of one of these corrugated buildings. The backdrop was kind of, you know, how it looks in the dusk when it's kind of like pink kind of twilight hours or whatever. The sun's going down. We could see him backlit against the sunset. He went, crawls up the side of the building onto the roof, turns around, looks at us, and then on all fours runs runs back to the ridge line of the roof and then disappears over the side. And that was the last we saw of it. Wow. Could you tell roughly how big it was? If I had to guess after going back and looking at the place and, and best guesstimate, I'd probably say between six and seven foot. Okay. Uh, about the size of an adult male. And you were telling me in our messages before we talked that it had weird looking legs. Yeah. 
the legs kind of hinge sort of at the knee. They hinge sort of backward, I guess, like almost like a um, like a deer leg a little bit. It's like kind of hocked, like a dog's back leg or something. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. That's and it had a tail. And it had a tail. What did the tail look like? It wasn't super long. Like, you know how sometimes you see the monkeys in the zoo and they got a real long tail on them yeah, where yeah. they can use it to swing off of? It wasn't that long, but uh, somewhere between that and, like, uh, how a kangaroo's tail is where it's thick and they can kind of lean back on it and use it, it was somewhere between the long prehensile and the thicker supportive kind of tail. It was a cro- it was like a cross between the two. Wow. And how old were you at the time? Uh, probably eight, nine years old. Scared the heck out of you? And, oh, hell yes. Me <laughs> and both of my friends were about the same age. His younger brother was about a year younger than us. But yeah, we were all about eight or nine. Yeah, what did you make of it? Does it just become like the neighborhood monster after that? Yeah, we we just all stared at it until it went out of sight. And we just looked at each other like, what the hell was that? And I mean, to this day, we still talk about it. Like, whenever the internet, you said the internet didn't exist, and whenever the internet came about, we started seeing, like, a lot of it CGI stuff and, like, fake hoax videos, but a few of them came pretty close to what we saw, and I would forward it to them once they moved out of state and be like, check it out. And the response every time, it's the guy on the roof, and I'm like, yep. Wow. It looks just like Wow. Uh, there's one in particular, if you want to get a better idea, there's one called... Um, I think the search term is alien crosses highway and it shows like, like a, looks like a um, closed circuit TV or like one of these uh, light pole cams mm-hmm. and you can see something run on all fours across the highway and it looks very similar to it. There's another one that says alien on roof in Mexico, I think is another one that's real similar to it where it's a humanoid type thing that crawls up onto the roof and he turns around and looks back at whoever's filming and then like runs out of sight that looked very similar to it. And there's one called a um, creature in the sewer or something like that. And that's the only one that I've seen that actually has the tail with it that looks similar. And you kind of see it like peek around a corner and then you see it run and you can see the tail as it flashes by. But I'm sure it's like some kind of hoax or CGI, but it looks very, very close to what we saw. Yeah, with CGI and AI and stuff, it's like it's so hard to trust videos now. And I know more and more are coming out, and I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. You know, I, even before right. all that, I'd say I'm not a video expert. And now, even harder to tell. I think I think you have to be a real kind of super expert on this stuff to tell sometimes because uh, some of these things look real good. I'll tell you that that, that people are coming right. out. Right. So sure. I know you said it was backlit. Could you get any sense of the color of it? Well. When we first saw it, we we always thought that it was blue when we first saw it. But thinking more about it now, I think it was just very pale, like almost like the underside of like a salamander or like a catfish's stomach or something like that because the building that it was crawling up is also like a very pale blue. So I think it was probably just a a play of the light reflecting off of it. I think it was just very pale, you know, against its pale naked skin. It didn't seem to have any hair on it. Yeah. That's about the extent of it. But I know when I turned 18, I had a buddy refer me to, he knew I was in the weird stuff. And he was like, Hey, uh, I've got a card for somebody that's a psychic. And I was like, Oh, okay, whatever. And he was like, no, for real, you should go check them out. I talked to them. They, they kind of, you know, had, had my jaw on the floor a little bit. They were answering some stuff. I was like, okay. So me being 
naturally curious. I go to him, and and the guy goes, I can do one of two things. I can either pull your cards and read them, or I can channel a spirit, and you can ask me questions. And <laughs> my curious nature, I said, okay, channel the spirit. And I said, but I got to ask you, I said, can I record this session on like an audio cassette? He said, yeah, go and do it. And uh, he went through his process or whatever. And I like to ask questions that don't lead them any sort of way. Sure, yeah. I asked this guy, I said, me and my friend saw something when we were younger. What was it? That's literally the extent of the question, as vague as I could get. And he described this thing to a T. Wow. And, and this is what he told me about it. He said, y'all got very lucky. He said, y'all saw something that lives in between, whatever that means. And he said, it feeds on dead things. And he said, it's not dangerous. He said, but most people never get to see it. And he said, he said, it's not dangerous to y'all. It will defend itself if it's approached, but most people never see it. And it just kind of lurks in between again is what he said. and feeds on dead things. Wow. Wow. Do you still have that recording? Uh, I got the tape somewhere. Yeah. It's like I said, it's on an old, old tape cassette that just, it didn't have a microphone or anything. It was Mm -hmm. just like a, you know, the old recorders where you just hit record on it and it picks up through the speaker. If you ever dig it out, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'll, uh, if I can find it, I'll send it your way. It's a, you definitely hear a change in the room. I mean, the guy's voice changes. He goes into like a deep Irish brogue. Wow. It's like somebody different enters the room. Wow. When we started. Well, the fact that he got even close, you know, much less describing exactly what you saw, but the fact that he would get even close to me, that would be like, wow, he's onto something. That's really incredible. Oh, yeah. 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 I was floored. I mean, he described it to a T. Wow. Amazing. Was there anything unusual about the way this thing moved? I mean, other than, you know, it was an unusual thing, but did, did it seem like it moved in an odd way or? Um, when it was crawling up the building, it, it was kind of, it almost looked like a person sort of crawling up a ladder, mm-hmm. but when it hit the crest of the, the edge of the roof and was going back toward the, the ridge of the roof, it was on all fours. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of, it sort of moved like a person as it was going up the side of the building. But then once it got, on a you know a relatively flat surface, it you know was on all fours like a almost like an animal sort of. Wow, you never saw it yep. again, I'm guessing. No, never saw it again. Um, the closest that I've got to seeing it is a couple years ago. I went back to the spot just to see, I don't know, just to go look, just curiosity. And there's some railroad tracks that run next to it, and I was walking down the railroad tracks with another person and. So we're walking down the railroad tracks. We see like a a couple little scattered animal bones that were sitting out there, which I mean that's normal, you know, deer and rabbit and whatnot. And, and then we see a sewer, like opening to a sewer pipe on the side, and there's a little pile of bones in front of it. And they looked at it and pointed it out. And as soon as I saw it, we hear this scream, like I don't even know how to describe it. It was just a loud didn't sound human it, it, you know i work outdoors every day i hear all kinds of animals i've never heard the sound in my life and it just sent the chills up my spine as soon as i heard it person i would looked at me and they said did you set this up i said i how would i set this up i don't i don't know what's going on 
we hightailed it out there, we got in the car and left. Wow. Um, but I did notice the names on the property were very odd of where this thing was. Cause we, like I said, we were within sight of where the first sighting happened when we heard this scream and the names of the, on some of the, the property are weird. They're like names like Kronos and uh, moon and stuff like that. It's hmm. a very odd symbolism on the property. Yeah. So I don't, that has anything to do with it, but Interesting. that did stick out. Interesting. Wow. So you, you live, you know, somewhat nearby still. Uh, I've moved out of the area. Yeah. Okay. But I still visit. I got family there still. So I go back and visit from time to time. Okay. I'm, I'm asking cause now I want to go see this. <laughs> Well, I can I can send you a GPS of where it's at, and pictures, and Google Earth, and everything else. I've I've looked at it pretty heavily. Well, if I, if I ever get down near that way, I'll I'll, I'll message you, and we'll we'll yeah, see. for you. sure. All right, that sounds good. Jake, thanks so much for sharing your story. Thanks for having me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. trying to make Allison and Flannel Man rhyme. Doesn't work. Nothing rhymes with Allison. <laughs> Allison Flannelman. Mm. Nope. No. It's like purple. It's impossible. Up next, we're going to talk to Mike from the Moth Boys podcast, talking about the encounters of those giant sloth-like creatures in Sherman, New York, their book, The White Monsters of Sherman, New York, and a zine, a Gray Barker zine he sent me as well. Is that available for people to order? He gives them away for free. I told him he's going to get a lot of messages from strange familiars. Oh, but okay, so here's the thing, though. You can order that for free, but send him a couple bucks for postage. <laughs> like, that's the way we used to do it. Like, if somebody yeah. had stuff to give away for free, you send them stamps or something. I know that's this is back in the day when we'd, like, coat stamps and glue, too, to reuse them in, like, the mail art pen-palling world. Mm-hmm. But I remember that. People would always be like, send me back my stamps. Yeah, I've glued them. I took all this time to glue them. <laughs> And when you look back on it, it was probably for like the equivalent of like 22 cents yeah, you're saving. Less but than a quarter. I, I, but it did add up. I used to spend <laughs> a lot of money on stamps. Send me back my stamps. <laughs> that was the voice everyone used, yeah. which you never heard because. It would be the last thing in any letter. Send me back my stamps. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead and talk. <laughs> I'd like to welcome Mike to the show. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Now, you come good. to us from the Moth Boys podcast. Yes, yes, yeah. We're the funny guys of the, uh, <laughs> the supposed funny guys of the uh, the weird world. 
and the host of Cryptid Bash. Yes, Cryptid Bash. Yeah, yeah. We had our third year this past summer. We'll be working on the fourth year here soon enough. I was at year one. Haven't been able to make it back, but I very much enjoyed it. Year one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'd love to have you back anytime you want. I definitely got to make the effort to get out. Absolutely. uh, Didn't do enough of the conferences and stuff last year. So, uh, yeah, I'll definitely look to do it this year. Awesome. So, So, Moth Boys, you know, kind of cover similar territory as Strange Familiars, but you guys put your own kind of spin on it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're kind of we uh we like all this stuff. We lo- we love it with our hearts, but we also like to laugh too, and we try to be uh, we're a little bit sillier with a lot of these things. So uh, we like all the serious stuff, and we're a fan. We're a big fan of your show, and we're a big fan of a lot of other shows too. But uh, yeah, we take a little bit more of a, a, a the sillier sillier side of things, I guess. Uh, there's room for it, you know. There's room for all expressions yeah. of this stuff. I think if you get too serious about it, about it, I. Like, if you can't laugh about it, come on. Like, you know, we're talking about yeah. giant hairy ape men and flying moth things. and you Yeah, know. That's, what I always, that's what I always tell people. I'm like, yeah, we're talking about a moth man flying through the air, chasing a few couples in a car. You got to laugh at something, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's and it, not yeah. saying it didn't happen, not saying these things don't happen, but come on, you know. Right, right, yeah. It's uh, There's a lot in this world that's weird and a lot in this world that's kind of silly, too. So, I mean, it's... Yeah, it's okay, it's okay to laugh at things, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, you sent me this book that you guys put together called mm-hmm. The White Monsters of Sherman, New York, which mm-hmm. I really liked it. It's a really cool story, and I love the way it came together because when mm-hmm. things come together like this, it's almost magical, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's so cool. So I'll let you you know lay the groundwork. You guys were, you said you were all from around Sherman, Yes. Yeah, we were all uh, born and raised uh, in western New York. Yeah, about an hour from Buffalo, New York. We were all born in Jamestown, New York. Uh, Jamestown, New York is uh, the home of uh, Lucille Ball. That's our uh, claim to fame in Jamestown. That's our big thing. But, uh, yeah, we're all born in Jamestown, and Sherman is in Chautauqua County there, right right down there in the corner, right down there in the corner of New York State. And you came across this account from Sherman it was in one of the John Keel's books, right? The the complete guide to mysterious mm-hmm. beings, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, we we got that. We got a hold of that book when we were. I don't. I don't remember how old I, I was. Probably my twenties or something. Yeah, it was. It was written. You know, it was written in one of his books. Do you want me to just go ahead and and go? What was it? Tell you yeah. what it was written written in the book and stuff. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was a complete guide to mysterious beings, and. You know, it was, it was this letter from this anonymous young man from Sherman, New York, and it just explained, uh, well, he was a teenager at the time. He was seeing what he explained uh, were giant ground sloths, albino giant ground sloths, which is wild in itself. And he was seeing them out in, out in the, the swamps of Sherman, New York. And, we, you know, we lived right there. We lived, you know, 10, 15 minutes away from there. And that we've been there many times. And I have his letter right here. Do you mind if I just read the actual letter he wrote to yeah, John please, Keel? Yeah, please. I didn't, I didn't, I'm not, wasn't prepared, I guess. So, yeah, go ahead, yeah. please. Okay, so he says, I am writing because about three or four years ago, circa 1965 to 66, I saw a white monster in a swamp beside our house. I've been seeing these things ever since, ever since then, and close to our house. One night it came down in our yard. It stands between 12 and 18 feet high. It has a long tail between six and eight feet long. It is all covered with hair. They are always white. I've seen them alone or two at a time. 
It can walk on two feet or four feet. It is almost a double for a prehistoric sloth. My whole family has seen this thing, and I know of two more men who have seen them. I'm 15 years old, and I'm not kidding. I've seen these things, and they are real. And he didn't print the witness's name with that, right? No. No, it's totally anonymous. It was totally anonymous. Yeah, it gives me chills listening. I, I, I love that. Uh, love that lap, those last few lines. Just really trying to, you know, you know I'm young, but I, I've seen these things. You know, I've been taking it seriously. Right. Kind of, you know. So, but yeah, yeah, totally anonymous. So yeah, he was uh, from Sherman. You know that 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 piqued our interest right there. And we, you know, we always we always like talked about it. Like, what? I mean, it's anonymous. There's nothing we can do about. You know, what I mean, it's right there. It's right in our right. Yeah. You know, it's right, right, right where we grew up. But like, because we don't have a lot of that kind of stuff where we grew up 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 in Western New York. There's some strange stuff that's happened, but um, we don't really have our like our cryptid or our monsters or anything. We have ghost stories and stuff up there, but um, that's about it. So years, years went on and, you know, it, we just released it earlier this year and uh, we worked on it last year pretty, pretty uh, extensively. So it turns out that we were on, on a random uh, cryptid page, mm, some kind of like cryptid wiki or some, something like that. And uh, somebody was writing in the, in, in the message board, like below or in the comments below, just saying, you know, I think that this young man was me. I think it was me writing this letter to John Keel. Um, I'm not, I, I'm not exactly sure, but I think this, this was me. And he said he's now, uh, he was, uh, he's a retired teacher in Ohio. Now his title of his, uh, the name on the, the comments was John G. So that's what we had. We had, we had that he was a retired teacher in Ohio and his name was John G. That's what we had. So, which is kind of ridiculous. So that's all we had at, <laughs> at that time. I've, and, I've been uh, on these quests before. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, we all. I think we all have. If we're if we're really deep into this stuff, I think yeah. Especially if it has something to do with like your home area, you know. What I mean, it's even more. Mm-hmm. You have that push to do it more. So John G. and uh, retired teacher. That's all we had from Ohio. So you know, I went ahead and uh, I don't know how we got his last name. I, there was a lot of like a lot of figuring stuff out, a lot of message boards, a lot of Facebook messages, a lot of emails, um, message boards. But eventually we found out it's John Good- Goodwill. I don't even know how, because I, I think we just figured out, we typed in, you know, John G, teacher, Ohio, something, something along that lines. There was so much, so much of that nonsense happening. Just so much t- typing out words and different words and just trying to figure it out. But we came, we came upon, I came upon just, you know, being, being kind of an internet creep and searching, searching all of his family members up in Facebook that lived in Sherman or the nearby areas the goodwill name. So I just added, <laughs> I just add, added everybody's uh, profile just to, just, just to see if I can get some luck. And um, I fell upon his son's Facebook. And um, so I, I, you know, I mess, I messaged him and said, you know, is this, is this John Goodwill related to you at all? I'm running to you because he wrote a letter to John Keel back in the day. And uh, I'm hopefully I can talk to him. If not, it's okay. I understand I'm a stranger, you know, that's, it's, it's coming out of left field a little bit. Yeah. It's always but hard, I, like bridging that, yeah, that weirdness gap. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's a little, yeah, it's a little awkward. Like, how did you find it? You know yeah, what I mean? And, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I'd had him reach out to his dad and just ask him if he would like to exchange emails or phone numbers or, you know, whatever. And, uh, his dad said, yeah. Um, he said, no, n- no to phone numbers, but yes, to the email. So I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, sure. that's fine. Uh, I don't, 
I know it's a little weird, phone numbers. We could just do emails. That's fine. So, yeah, I got John's email. So, you know, I, was, I emailed him. Just I told him I didn't really even have a vision at that time. I just wanted to talk to him. I guess it wasn't like I was like, you know, this has been a thing in my head for a while that I've always wanted to find this anonymous young man in this letter. And it was happening kind of. So I just I told him, you know, I'm not here to like right now. He he. I wrote, I wrote to him and, and just introduced myself and told him I, I, I just really liked that letter and he wanted to talk about it. You know, I'm, I'm open to it. And, uh, you know, he came back and said, yeah, he thinks, he thinks it was, he goes, you know, I think it was me. If you, and you know, if I told him that we were part of moth boys and that's a little rough too, because we're kind of silly. So if he checked it out, he, didn't, he, he could be like, yeah, you guys are just gonna, you know, you know, yank my chain the whole time. You know what I mean? You guys are yeah, just yeah. goofballs. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I, I can talk about it, but I, I just don't want to, you know, I don't want to be poked, you know, poked fun at, which is, you know, understandable. And so we, uh, and I told him, no, it's not, it's not our intention at all. And, you know, we can be, you know, we're, we're uh, goofy on our podcast, but this is kind of close to our hearts and, uh, and this is really important to us. Yeah. I mean, you can make fun of the subject without being disrespectful right. to the witnesses. And exactly. Stuff, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we told him like, it's not, it's not our intentions at all. It's, this is, this is pretty cool for us. This is a neat, neat thing. You know, we got to talking. Eventually, we had we got to talking. It was him. It turned out he was telling us all these stories. He he wrote us a letter. He you know, and he drew out a map where he was seeing these creatures back in the day. And uh, he had probably, I think we put I think it was eight encounters with these creatures altogether. Yeah, just just amazing encounters with these these giant creatures. But um, we eventually we didn't know which, what we wanted to do with this story. We were like, man, what, what can we? We gotta want to do something, you know. And, uh, you know, we had the, we had the platform of a podcast to tell it, you know, our fans and stuff, you know, we were doing that and we went and, uh, so what we did was we all traveled to Sherman. He went from, he traveled from Ohio to Sherman and then me and the other hosts of uh, the Moth Boys, you know, we went to Sherman, New York all on the same day. We rented out a room at the community center there and then, uh, we did an interview. We did an interview for the podcast, which turned out wonderful. His whole family was there watching the interview, you know, That's just cool. kind of, cir- yeah, kind of circled around us, just kind of like interested in, in the whole thing. And if you listen to the episode, it's kind of funny because they all clap at the end of the, uh, they all clap at the end of the interview. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just, they were really sweet people. Just yeah, like, that's, uh, that's totally sweet. <laughs> he ended up being a real sweet guy. So, uh, we did the interview in Sherman and then he, he went and, uh, we drove around with him and the whole family. And he just showed us all the spots where all these, where he saw all these creatures and the, and, uh, it was just a real fun day. It was a real, real neat just to be there with him and his family, you know, cause his family was seeing these things. Well, eventually, eventually his family was seeing these things. It took them a while to believe him. First of all, I think that especially his dad who was a little hard on him, I think to begin with. But, uh, after a while they started experiencing these creatures. So back to the day on Sherman. Yeah. We went all to the, uh, we did the interview with him and then we did the encounter sites, showed us those. And then we were like, I don't know how how can we do more with this? What can what else can we do with it? Because he, he you know he said something at one point. He was like, you know, if it wasn't for you guys getting a hold of me and just doing this interview, I mean, when I'm gone, the story this story might have been gone with me. Right. And that that uh, you know that's and that just uh, that hit me in the heart. You know, what I mean, that's just that's just a big it's a big thing. I mean, that's for him to be able to get that off his chest to somebody, and it's a big deal. So we figured um. You know, we, we'll do a little mini book about it. We'll do a little, it's just the, you know, it's 40 pages. And, 
it just contains the uh, interview from that day, contains all the encounters. He uh, writes out the encounters, and then there's like uh, illustrations that were done by our friend Jonathan Dodd. And then uh, we have uh, like investigation photos from that day where we were hanging out, and he was just showing us the spots. Yeah, so we just released. It's kind of like it's like a, a little bit of a zine, but like in, it's like a small book. Yeah. I don't, we don't know how to describe. We don't know how to describe other than a mini book. All we want, all we know, was what we wanted to do was get this guy's story out there in any way we could. And no, that's I love what stuff we, like this, man, because it's. Yeah. I mean, this is you know, it's part of what I do on Strange Familiars. It's it's a little bit of what I do in my own books, at least when I do the the local yeah, stuff. And I think it's somewhere down the line, someone's gonna fall in love with this. They might be from yeah. Sherman. They might be from the town you grew up in. Yeah. It, or, so, you know, and they're going to find this and this is going to be so cool to them. And, right. Right. And I can read it like as that person. And I get so right. excited for stuff like this because it is very similar to what I do. And you hit a gold mine when you tracked him down. Like this is a wonderful yeah. witness with all these different encounters. Like you said, he saw him what, eight different times or something. He saw these things. Yeah. Yeah. He lays yeah. out the different encounters. He's very open and matter of fact about what he saw. Yeah, absolute gold mine you ran into. Really, really cool thing. I'm glad you made a book out of it because who knows what will happen with podcasts. Let's hope they're around forever, but maybe, maybe right. not. But it's good you have it in uh, in book as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, and and he he's a super relatable and believable guy. I mean, if you got, I mean. You know, he's just very friendly, and he just, at this point, he's getting, he says he's getting older, and he just wants to get this story out, you know what I mean? And we just kind of, we told him we have we have a little bit of a, we have a little bit of a reach with people and we, and into this kind of stuff, so we, we'll help you get your story out. And, you know, also, his brothers were there, too. They also saw them at, you know, different times. Um, and they were also, when they were telling stories, they they, they were bouncing off each other, just like, wow. it was nothing, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it was just. It just solidified it for me even more. Just like it just it, he says it, it, it. He sees it in his mind like it happened yesterday when when these things. You know what I mean? It's just like no time has passed. Like there's one encounter where him and his family pull over in a car, and out in the field they're watching a couple of parents or you know older sloths or whatever, and there's two children playing in front of them. They're just watching them, and the family just sits in the car and watches them you know be a family unit and it's I, I i love that encounter it's just like you know and uh i just think that's crazy yeah. <laughs> there's like there's a family there's a family of these things yeah there was yeah. babies and there was two two adults or i don't know how many were out there but i mean there was a lot so but yeah you're you're right it's a total total gold mine of a and it's amazing that we were able to track it down in them yeah I'm very proud very of, lucky thing proud of work. you get yeah. a few of these i think in your career of looking into the strange and Right. You do everything you can to make it happen. And I'm just, yeah, it's just great. It's great stuff. So he's seeing these giant sloth-like things that are bright white. Yep. So my mind immediately goes to, like, something that big that's white. Is this a natural creature in the woods of New York? I mean, come on. Well, well let me tell you something. Like, um, So we went out, me and, me and uh, some friends recently, uh, we went out to this... this this is this is even this like this just adds on to this weird story. Um, so me and some friends went out to this to the swamp where he was seeing these things, and we were we were sloth hunting at nighttime. You know what I mean? Just, mm-hmm. just having fun, just uh, you know uh, 
but we ended up having, I had my first UFO encounter in the area, right uh-huh. above the swamp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. 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 So I've actually had two at this point, but, um, you know, we're, we're, we're walking along the trail. It's like a rails to trails. It was a rail, a railway at one point that runs through the swamp. I don't know. If, but yeah, we're walking along and uh, my brother looks up and he goes, man, that, that star right there, just above the tree line, that's, that's super low. That's like a super, that's weird. So we stand there and we're looking at it and uh, it starts rising up slowly. And we're like, it's moving. And, like, and we're like, it's like if you weren't standing there just staring at it, you could never tell it was moving. You know what I mean? You'd have to really stare at it to tell it was moving at all. So we all just stand there watching it for a minute. We're all, we're all dead, dead quiet. And um, it's moving up slowly, slowly, slowly. And then, you know, it was flashing these, like a red light. Very strange. It was, and then it would just, it would disappear at random times and then come back. You know, it, I've never seen anything like that. And that's, and then it starts moving towards us and it goes right over our heads. And it's, it's a, it's a triangle shaped craft completely silent so no noise at all i mean even if it was a drone i feel like it, it makes some kind of sound you know what i mean mm-hmm. i uh totally silent so that was our first encounter it was my first and then and that was my first encounter with the ufos over the swamp in sherman hmm. and then uh so just uh just recently i mean just over this weekend me and my brother went out for you know thanksgiving and uh we went out and we went out and watched what, what we thought were stars dancing around in the sky above the swamp you know they were they were just bright lights dancing around just there's no uh common movement at all i mean it was just random zigzags and moving around and mm-hmm. and then we ended up see, we ended up seeing another one of those triangles fly off into the distance oh really so wow, wow. yeah man so um yeah so i so think I, I, I th- there's something going on there yeah. right right so what i'm yeah. getting at is and I don't blame him for this. Like what he's seen, it's the same thing with Bigfoot witnesses. I always say like, I think Bigfoot's something far weirder than a monkey. Right? Yeah. But, but I, I don't blame people. If there's a hunter and one walks by in the woods or if somebody's driving in the car and they drive by on the road, they look like real animals. I don't blame them for saying, no, they're real creatures. I, you know, they're real animals. I have no problem right. with that. And I feel like that's John Goodwill, your witness. I think that's his approach generally to this, right? So he yeah. has an encounter. He sees one in the field. They see him along the railroad tracks. Uh, he sees one by himself when he's riding a bike. They see the family that mm-hmm. we were talking about. His sister saw yep. one. She actually got bucked off her horse. Uh, the, yep. it, it spooked the horse. And then we come to this one encounter. Do you mind if I read the encounter at the tent? Yeah, please do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. So he said, another incident was when my brother and I and two friends were sleeping in a tent in our yard. I woke up screaming and unzipped the tent and looked out. All I remember seeing were stars. I couldn't get it zipped back up, so I just laid back down. My brother said I scared them with my screaming. My dad later told us that he came out to work, and one of these white monsters was standing over the tent. He yelled at it, and it walked back over a dirt road near the house. I think I either heard it or saw it, maybe, or maybe just sensed it. But I blocked it out. I wish I could unlock that memory. That gets into a little yeah. bit of high strangeness, I think, right there. It does. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. um, he, he didn't know it was there, obviously, but he felt something. I mean, it was some kind of connection with these things, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so that's I, li- I like that one, too. That's It's really neat. Yeah, that's, that's and then neat, for like, the father to see it, this thing just standing over the tent, that's, wow. Yeah. It's horrifying. Yeah, yeah. Just, it's, it's scary, but it's also like, I don't know if these things shared, a, like, a connection with him somehow, or because or, he said he felt it. He said he felt something. Because that was, he, when I talked to him, 
I just, I, you know, and I, I randomly just text him and, you know, call him and stuff. And you know, he always say, I wish I could unlock what happened that night in his brain. Cause he feels like he locked something out mm-hmm. that's just not there. You know what I mean? He, he remembers, he remembers uh, waking up and screaming and being, you know, just out of his mind, but then just going back to sleep. And that's all he remembers. And then, you know, the rest of the encounter is from the dad's point of view, seeing the creature, you know, scaring yeah. it off is what he did. He kind of hollered at it and uh, it went crawling back up the hill to wherever. But, uh, and then he, he mentions the stars in there too, yep. which is also, yep. yeah, there's, there's something strange going, something going strange there. But also my wife pointed out, like she said, what if these are like the pets of these, uh, these spacecrafts or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> what if they're some kind of, I don't know. Right. I mean, but they I look like giant sloth, but we don't know what they were. Right. I mean, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and as a, as a kid, I mean, he's, he said he's done his best to research what they actually were. You know what I mean? He says, he says the closest thing that he, he could come up with was a uh, mylodon, but it, you know, it could be anything. It could, you know, it could look like one, but not be that at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really cool. It's really, really interesting. Did you happen to ask if he had any other strangeness happen or the family around that same time? We asked him if he did and he, he, he really had not. He had, he had thought that he'd seen something in the sky um, but his his words were like a craft in the sky. He wasn't sure if it was ours, is what he said. Like mm-hmm. yeah, um, you yeah. know, humans. Mm-hmm. He had right. human craft. But that's all he said. He's ever. There's nothing. There's nothing else strange other than this this flap of sloths that he was saying. I'm just. I, I think. Yeah. So this whole. I think the crafts and these sloths and this whole swamp area. There's, there's something strange going on there. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's. Oh man. Yeah. Again, it's such a cool thing. It's. It's called the White Monsters of Sherman, New York. And where can people pick it up? Um, Amazon. We, we sell it at some stores and stuff. If you're perhaps a, a listener in, and you live in Chautauqua County, me and the other podcast hosts went out to all the libraries in Chautauqua County and handed out copies of them so people can rent them out if they'd like. Oh, super cool. Yeah, we, we made sure that people can, you know, find the book pretty easily. And actually, it's pretty funny. We had a, we had a little boy from Sherman, you know, reach out to us and he said, uh, it's his, it was his first exposure to, to any kind of cryptids or, you know, weird monsters like that. And he was so excited that it, was, it happened in his own town, you know what I mean? And that just, uh, that felt great. Oh, yeah. You made a little uh, yeah. future cryptozoologist yeah, like, there. Yeah. Exactly. If I, if I if I found that at my age, I'd be like, this is awesome, you know yep. what I mean? Oh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Amazon is where you can find it. And uh, um, some stores, but they're kind of just scattered throughout Chautauqua County. And, yeah. Again, it's really cool. Super cool book. I really like it. But you also sent me a zine, and zines go right to my heart because zines are how I started really kind of finding my way into uh, making your own stuff. My brother, yeah, back in the 80s, made a, a skate zine, and I was about 14, I think. My older brother made one, and it blew my mind. I was like, what do you mean? You could, wait, what? <laughs> What's a zine? <laughs> and he was like, no, it's like your own magazine. Like, you make it yourself. I'm like, wait, hold on, wait, what? And then he let me draw the cover for it, and... He didn't know it, but he set the course of my life at that moment. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, he he showed me you can do stuff yourself. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to have a publisher. You don't have to go through someone else. You can just do it yourself. And yep, that's from, exactly a DIY man. It's yeah. like the whole uh, the whole punk punk scene. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, that's I mean from what, there, that's what yeah. it kind of wove into the punk scene. I was into the zine scene. I would do you know art for tons of zines and stuff, printing my own eventually. But it gave me the confidence to do what I do. Like, I'm pretty yeah. fearless about creating. It's like, I'll just figure out and do it. 
you know, I, I didn't know how to podcast before I podcasted. I just like, well, I've just figured it out. Let me just do it. But that's all rooted in, in scenes. That's what gave me that creative yeah. confidence. And so I love them. Oh, that's I, cool. I absolutely love them. And uh, you guys have this, this zine you sent me called UFO is a bucket of S-word. <laughs> a, <laughs> yep. A Gray yep. Barker zine. So tell me about this. It's, it's a, another really cool project you guys got going on. Yeah, yeah. So Gray Barker was a, uh investigator from uh, – I live in Morgantown uh, now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's from West, West Virginia here. Yeah, he's, he's he was a, sort of he's, in the circle of weird folks that surrounded John Keel. Exactly. Yeah, it all comes back to John Keel, you know what I mean, all this all this stuff. But yeah, he was a, an investigator, an author, and uh, a prankster. Um, you know, he, he liked his hoax. Uh, but yeah, the zine is about, there's a, uh, so, what, so when Gray Barker passed away, he, his family gave the Clarksburg Library in Clarksburg, West Virginia, all of his stuff essentially just said, here, if you, you want to buy this, do whatever you want with it. Wow. Um, so it's just like this man's life in this, uh, the Gray Barker archives in Clarksburg, West Virginia. So you can go there and just like look through his stuff and all his stories and, you know, grocery lists and, and whatever else junk you can find. And it's just like a bunch of drawers full of his stuff. So, um, you know, I was, I was interested in that, obviously reading about reading about him. And of course he's, he lived in Clarksburg for some time. He was born in Braxton County, West Virginia. That's where the, uh, the famed Flatwoods monster was sighted, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah, I, I was making my way to the uh, Gray Barker archives. I, I probably went, I forgot what I said in the zine. I always forget how, how often I went, but I, I went like every Wednesday for an extended period of time, not knowing what I was doing there. I was just kind of going to hanging out and just looking at stuff and compiling stuff. And, you know, cause you can photocopy stuff. And, and I had no idea what I was doing with it. I was, you know, I was, I was drawn by something there. So I would go there and just compile a bunch of stuff. And it turns out that I was going to release a zine and, um, with the help of my, my friends over at strange days, zine they're out of New York city. I don't know the first thing about making zines. I, I, I love zines themselves, but this is, uh, my first, our first zine. So I compiled this, a bunch of my favorite things that I found at the archives, you know, some of his uh, interviews with people, uh, stuff about the flight with the monster and the Grafton monster and vegetable man, just a bunch of weird West Virginia stuff. And I just, I put it all in one zine and just kind of compiled it. And uh, yeah, so we got it made. I needed help getting, getting the layout and stuff like that, but we got it all down and I'm not uh, charging for it at all. It's just uh, something I'm doing as a hobby and I think it's fun and I don't want to make money off of it. So I've been sending people out copies of this zine just for free. I mean, if anybody wants one, you just message us or message me, and you know, you'll get one. And oh, then wow. I, I'm trying to try to, yeah, I'm just trying to get this. Uh, yeah, I've sent, I've sent, a, I've sent a bunch, man. It's, it's insane. Like, uh, I don't know how many I've sent already. Probably 200 or so, wow. uh, and like all over the world too. I've had people from Australia. Where else? Like, I don't know, Ireland. And it's a whole bunch of places. I've been sending them all over the world, which is, is neat to me. Like, cause you know, people are interested in this stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. Or they just want to, or they just want a free zine. I don't, I don't know, <laughs> which is fine, which is fine too. So yeah, that's what that's all about. I mean, it's just me, me compiling stuff for some reason and not, 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 not sure why. And then, you know, one day I just had that, that feeling of being pulled to the archives for some reason it just kind of disappeared. So I just kind of stopped going. 
and that's when I was done. That's when I just figured, okay, now I'm going to figure out what I need to do with this stuff. Yeah. And that's when yeah. the, zine, the zine came along. So, well, for those of yeah, us who don't kind of, live close enough to maybe visit the archive, this is kind of like going to the archive here. Exactly. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And it, in, 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 in a little way, I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah. my favorite stuff that I found interesting, but yeah, that's what I was hoping to get. He's kind of, he was kind of the underdog. Um, John Keel kind of, uh, overshadowed a lot of, uh, investigators back then, yeah, you know, right. cause he was, you know, which is, you know, understandable. He was a big, big, big key role in a lot of things, but yeah, his work was, I mean, if, if his work was being seen, some of it wasn't being believed because he was kind of a, he liked money. He liked making money off this stuff. And he, he was a prankster from time to time, you know? So, um, you can ask people and some people don't believe it or they, or they do, but I mean, it's kind of like I feel a connection with him in a certain sense because he's also a little silly about the whole thing, and I, I have an appreciation for that. That he actually he he, uh, he did all these reports and he did these books. He did he did a book called The Silver Bridge, um, mm-hmm. which came out years before the Mothman Prophecies. Actually, I don't know if people know that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was like yeah, predated the Mothman. Yeah, I've never read it, it, but about... I, I knew it did predate Keel's book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's a. Uh, it's a good book. I mean, some people say parts of it are, are made up. Pr- probably, I don't know. You know, what I mean, but it's still entertaining, and parts of it were true. And a lot of a lot of people's favorite things nowadays are, are kind of uh, Gray Barker adjacent. He kind of he came up with the uh, Men in Black. That was kind of his thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or his little crew kind of came up with that. And you know, like you know, he worked on Mothman. He worked on Flatwoods Monster case. He was second on site for that. And then you got the weird ones, Grafton Monster and Vegetable Man. Those are just strange West Virginia creatures. But um, yeah, a lot of a lot of a lot of little creatures that people love nowadays were brought to us by Gray Barker, but not a lot of people know his name. You know, so that was another big reason, just for people that can't get out there. Yeah, just just bring a little piece of it to people if they wanted to check it out. Heck yeah! Well, where can people contact you? You're probably gonna get contacted by a lot of people. <laughs> well, that's fine. Yeah, bring it on. Let's do it. Let's see. Just go go to the Moth Boys podcast Instagram or Facebook, and you just type in Moth Boys. I mean, I think we're dealing Moth Boys. Just just hit us up there, and uh, we'll get you sorted out. And uh, just send us an address, and we'll get you one. Be happy to do it. That's super generous. Really, really cool. It's a cool zine, and it's yeah. it's really cool to, that you're just sort of like a gift to the community, man. Just giving it out like that. Yeah, man. Absolutely, and it's it's cool that. Yeah, it's cool that you got started off on that and like, you know, in the punk, the punk and, and uh, so I was born and raised in the punk and the hardcore scene and, you know, I eventually got into like death metal and stuff like that. So scenes have always kind of been that, that, you know, always there, but, uh, I've never made one myself. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's totally where I cut my teeth. I did one recently. If you asked me when I was a kid, I, you know, wouldn't be like, what? But I returned to Catholicism. So I did actually did a Catholic scene recently. But it's, it's oh wow, you know, cool. like I'm come full circle in my creative pursuits, I guess. But yeah, absolutely. But but I yeah, I just love it. I love, I mean, I can't say enough about how the zine scene affected me. I wouldn't have written books without it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done the podcast without it. I wouldn't have done probably the music I did in my life. Uh, all of it. Wow. I was just all comes from that moment. My brother died before I could ever thank him. And oh, you know, I'm sorry. So, so wherever he is, I'm hoping. You know, he hears this somehow. Yeah, Cause, cause yeah he, he hears you. That's he it. he yeah, really absolutely. set my course in life. That one moment when he let me draw the cover to that that scene, he did. It was I, yeah. I can point to that moment and say that's where it all began. But that's so, wonderful, man. So yeah, that's man, so I, I absolutely love him. I love the book, White Monsters of Sherman, New York. Thank you, man. Fantastic. I love the story behind it. 
I've had that a couple times where I've been able to track people down like that. And again, yeah. it's, it's magic when you can, when it happens, it's magic. It's not easy. You know what I mean? Oh no. And it's, yeah. uh, and it is, it's, it, it makes your, uh, it makes your hair stand up on end when you do find it, find out, you know, it's, it's very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. You have and, to be tenacious uh, about it. Absolutely. So if you're ever, if you're ever in or near Shermer and want to make a trip out, we'll, we'll give you the tour if you ever want. So I'd love to, I absolutely love to. Yeah, absolutely. So where can people find Moth Boys podcast? Well, um, you can find us on, uh, you can listen to us on, you know, Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts. Um, you can find us pretty much wherever uh, you listen to podcasts. And uh, we don't really have set dates for our podcast. It's kind of our hobby. We haven't really made a profession out of it at all. So we release when we can. Yeah, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts and uh, all that kind of stuff. Then just type in Mock Boys Podcast into Facebook and Instagram, and we're there too. So, yeah, get, get, get a hold of us. Even if you have some weird stories, we love hearing weird stories. And, uh, yeah, if you want a zine, hit us up too. Awesome. Mike, thanks so much for coming on Strange Familiars. Thanks for having me. So next up, we have Kat with her fairy encounter from Pennsylvania, from someplace that we were very close to before in our past. I swam in the creek that she mentions. You did not. You stood on the bank and watched me swim in this creek. As it shall evermore be. <laughs> I don't like to swim in those kind of waters. <laughs> or any kind of water. Or really. any kind of water, yeah. I don't like to swim. <laughs> All right, let's talk to Kat. I'd like to welcome Kat to the show. How are you doing tonight? Doing all right, Tim. Well, thanks for coming on. You caught my attention. You said you had a fairy encounter in Pennsylvania. So I'm excited to hear about this. Yeah, I do. So my husband and I, a couple of years ago, bought some land in South Central Pennsylvania, more towards the Western side, but they consider it South Central Pennsylvania still, mm-hmm. in the Allegheny Mountains. And it's a beautiful property. We have a creek that cuts right through our property and we have land on both sides so we have a private swimming hole and lots of really wild you know beautiful places i think we were talking a little bit before and i actually swam in that creek before yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. but you were uh, downstream of us (laughs) (laughs) same creek though right (laughs) yeah same creek one of our neighbors is a like a wildlife conservancy they preserve endangered and rare native species of plants and they own about 300 acres uh, next adjoining us. And then our other neighbors is a big, a big farm that and a campground. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about 200 acres there. So we're pretty much surrounded by nothing, you know, for a, for a long while. So it feels very wild, especially down by our creek where this incident happens. It feels you, you really feel like you're far away from from civilization. It's It's a magical, beautiful, really magical place, even without... Uh, the fairies. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was the last day of July last year. So, uh, oh gosh, so I guess it was uh, the eve of Lunasa. And we were walk- down walking along the creek and we ventured a little bit further than we had previously, you know, walking along the creek. And I saw something out of the corner of my eye. It was the funniest thing. It was yellow. And, and as you know, I, I saw it, out of, noticed it out of the corner of my eye and then you know, turned around to look at it. It was this little yellow thing. It was 
maybe three inches long. And it looked like it had two little legs. Like, it looked really hard, like it was trying to look human or pass as human. <laughs> and it had, it looked like two little legs. And it was sort of like waggling those little legs, like doing like kicks, like it was swimming. And then two little arms that went up. And a, I guess a head. And it was like trying to look like a face. It had like two dots where eyes would be. And like a it looked weird it was like a smile like where a mouth would be and you know it's really funny I was thinking about it and my son really likes to play uh, Roblox and some of the Roblox characters just have this really basic like smiley face mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's a lot like what it looked like except it was it was red on the thing and it had it looked like two little like propeller things on the end of each arms that were sort of spinning around kind of like a helicopter it was it was so weird. It was just so, so weird. And part of what was so weird about it is that I saw it and my brain couldn't even, like, deal. My, my brain was just sort of like, oh, huh. You know, until it, it flittered away and I couldn't see it anymore. And then my brain was like, what in the, whoa. <laughs> yeah. You know, what on earth was that? You know, and it, it took a couple minutes to you know, process it. But when I was seeing it, you know, I didn't feel any compulsion to, you know, call to my husband to tell him to look at it or to take a photograph or anything with my phone or, mm-hmm. or anything like, like I just couldn't do anything. How far was it from you? Oh, a foot maybe. It was quite close. Oh yeah. That's, that's very close. It was just the damnedest thing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so weird. I, <laughs> I'm reminded a little bit, I, Barbara from Six Degrees of John Keel was on. Yeah. And she was talking about like a fairy encounter and, and she's just like was very adamantly like, no, they don't look like Tinkerbell, you know, this kind of thing until yeah. one showed up it almost like to mock her, you know, that kind of kind of had that sort of classic little Tinkerbell look to it. Yeah, it, it wasn't cute. It was it was kind of grotesque. Oh, was it really? Yeah, just because it looked like it was trying so hard to look like it was human. Like, huh. That's not something I think we should see. <laughs> and, you know, something that's not human trying to disguise itself as human. That's yeah, like, and you, you were saying like, part, so were the, the legs or what was appearing yeah, to be legs, they, like, they, they were yellow. Is that correct? The whole thing was yellow. Oh, the, what was red then? You said something. The, the eyes and the mouth. Oh, okay. All right. All right. They were like red. It was so strange. <laughs> yeah, that's... So did your mind immediately go to fairy or is this sort of a, you know, logicking later on sort of like what else could it be? Like within after like 15 minutes, you know, when I was seeing it, I just couldn't. It was just like, oh, look at that. Huh. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even have like too much of a sense of shock on seeing it. It was just sort of my brain couldn't process it so much that I didn't feel you know, any excitement about it till it was out of sight, really. <laughs> so did anything else odd happen? Like your husband was with you on this walk, correct? Yeah. Yeah. No, except we saw a weird trick. It was sort of close to where this being or whatever it was. We, It looked like we saw, like we both swore that we saw a house, you know, deep in the woods. There's like some cliffs maybe set back from the creek and it's very, very thick brush in there. Um, We haven't, you know, sort of cleared out into it. And it looked like there was a house, like a a stone house with a roof and a door and a window. 
and like a little lean to like how you know how uh, farmhouses in Pennsylvania they would build on like a little kitchen sort of mm-hmm. um, thing like a little like a little uh, lean to extension like a little kitchen and we both were like whoa 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 there's the house there <laughs> you know, don't know about and we both saw it and then we moved closer to it and we realized it was just a trick of the light on the rocks oh wow um, we have these you know beautiful rock cliffs cliff faces and it was just a weird trick of the light through the trees on on the rocks and it um, like it's, there was a, a bit where you stepped t- like one step too far and then oh suddenly it didn't look like a house anymore but if you step back then it looked like a house it was that was really strange too and that was the same day <laughs> hmm. we were at site seven last week with josh cutchin was in town mm-hmm. and there's one of the lights that i always see and it's always in the same place and for years i've, I've been un- under the suspicion that maybe that one might be man-made but I wasn't I sure. I've never been sure about it. We walk back in, and so either it is man-made, or there was a display that looked. I mean, I've never seen this before. Of all the time I've been there, there was a house, and this light was part of this house. So, when you, <laughs> so I have to go back again and check and see what I was looking at. Maybe yeah. during the day, I think it probably is just a house. But after all this time, like it, maybe it was just lit up for Christmas is or something. There a house? <laughs> it could be just a weird. Yeah, trip. or if it's just if these disappearing houses are happening, then yeah, then, that would be crazy. Yeah, then we have other stories. Any other weird stuff happen around this time? No, but I tell you the um the fairy sighting really like changed my you know spiritual outlook quite a bit. In what sense? I been like considered myself pagan you mm-hmm. know since i was like 12 13 and i joined the druids um <laughs> maybe about 10 years ago now okay the um order of bards ovates and druids it's a very sort of intellectual approach to druidism mm-hmm. um and it's really more in the tradition of the you know the 17th and 18th century academic druid sort of revivalists than you know, some other um, approaches sure. to it. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and I was really drawn to it by, there was like a very literary aspect. They print a beautiful monthly uh, newsletter still. That's really gorgeous. They have just, uh, they they just put out just beautiful handmade work. You know, they have like a literary magazine where people write stories and poems, you know, and it, it just is a, is a wonderful group. It's based out of the UK. And so I had this sort of like academic kind of approach to it. After seeing the fairy, I just, I really like, I don't know, sparked a new interest in me in, you know, some, some other things that could be possible sort of through these paths. At some point, I'm going to write a book on fairy encounters in Pennsylvania. And I, I've actually been, been gathering old accounts. Ah, so of, there have been some. So, I've, yeah, I've been wondering about. Yeah, yeah, there's uh, way more than people think. And yeah. the common sort of... Uh, you know, scholarly knowledge is that, you know, you get fairy accounts, some in Appalachia and, mm-hmm. and some in, uh, you know, by Newfoundland and, and, and that area, yeah. but not much elsewhere. But um, I found some pretty, pretty healthy uh, folklore from Pennsylvania. It's in pockets, definitely. But yeah. as I say, uh, people bring their, their folklore with them and they were definitely mm-hmm. Irish and Welsh miners here. And, and definitely, they, definitely. Brought, they brought their folklore with them for sure. And I haven't seen it, but the area that we are in does have sev- has had several Bigfoot sightings. Like maybe less about fifteen to twenty years ago, there was a 
small cluster of sightings of a white Bigfoot, um, you know, within a couple of miles of our place. I always um, find that fascinating. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Well, you gave me the invite to come camp and I think I oh, might have to take you up on it. We would love to have you guys come. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, I think Chad, and I, beautiful place. Chad and I will come and see if we can stir something up. We love it. Plus, we've got um, our spooky old house, too. So there's like an added <laughs> Well, Kat, thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah, thank you, Tim. Thanks for taking the time. we need to do a content warning for this curiosity of the week here for people who may be triggered by images of dead animals i think that's wise (laughs) yeah so i don't know how the horse got in the tree and i think using the term horse is also is it still a horse i mean it was a horse at some point do you think this is from uh like a tornado or something it could be maybe from a tornado. How else would a horse get into a tree and then die? Well, Bigfoot, obviously. Let me see that. Is that a tree sculpture? Yeah, there's absolutely no context for that whatsoever. No one's able Could have been to... a flood. Maybe could have got trapped uh, in there. That's true. I mean, there's no absolutely no way someone could put a horse in a tree. Bigfoot could. Yeah, that's true. Aliens could. They could have abducted the horse and left it in the tree. The other thing is that maybe that tree isn't as big as we think. Oh, and he just got caught up in it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking it's more like some kind of weather-related. It could be. In any case, this is a real photo postcard of the remains of a horse in a tree. And for the sake of strange familiars, let's just say Bigfoot put him there. Yeah. I mean, we don't know that he did, but we don't know that he didn't. There's no information with this. Mm -hmm. And it's very holiday-appropriate. I don't know. (laughs) Well, there is the, the Welsh Christmas thing that I'm not going to try to pronounce with the it's a horse's skull. It's kind of their mumming oh, yeah, yeah, tradition yeah, yeah, yeah. that goes around. So, you know, it's not completely unrelated. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just saw that today. Atlas Obscura uses that this time of year. Mm. I will put an image of this in the show notes. If you click on that, it'll take you to our Etsy shop where you can purchase this and other curiosities of the week, those that are left. Also at Etsy, Strange Familiars t-shirts. Stickers, patches. Allison has put up a selection of antique photographs. We have the black dog hoodies still. I think we're out of small and medium, but we should have XL, 2XL, and 3XL at this time. What about L? I think we do have some large. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's small and medium we're out of. Small and medium are out. We have large, XL, large, 2X, and 3X. And the hoodies still. You always want your hoodies bigger, though, anyway, because it's like an extra layer beyond your regular size. I think so, yeah, yeah. And we have plenty of t-shirts, designs. So what's the special of the week? The special this week will be Department of Truth number 15. That's the Department of Truth comic that I did the cover for. The special edition. Mm-hmm. Not the newsstand edition. Yeah. So what we're going to do with that is any order over $25, just ask for... In the notes. Yeah. Make a note and ask for Department of Truth number 15. Signed or unsigned, your choice. If you don't mention it, I'll, I'll probably just send the signed one. I'll just assume you want it signed. 
and we'll just include that for free. But you, you got to make a note of it because we do have people that order not from this show mm-hmm. and haven't heard it. And we need to know that you're, you're taking advantage of this special. So make sure to put in the notes, hey, I'd like the comic or I want Department of Truth mm-hmm. 15 or something like that. Something so we know you're taking advantage of this special. $25 or more, and that's free. And Riverbend is also honoring this. So you can order from us at our Etsy shop, or you can go to riverbendcomics.com. If you get $25 worth of stuff from them, they will also include a copy, signed or unsigned. But you also have to tell them. You also have to tell them, right? Because they no... have a whole separate business that right. wouldn't have anything to do with Stranger Things. Exactly. There's no sale code or anything else. They're honoring this, but you got to you know, send them a note with your order. And what's Riverbend's? Uh... Riverbendcomics.com. Oh, that's easy. Easy peasy. And I always put links to them in, in the show notes, too. The Department of Truth special, by the way, runs until next week, until the next episode. Anytime from the time you hear it till you hear the next. Till the next episode, yeah. Again, that's both us and Riverbend. Strange Familiar's mugs came in and went. Gone already. We had a huge box of mugs. And I spent most of this week just packing up mugs in boxes and sending them out. It's a happy problem to have. I'm not complaining. I will try to order more. They're so expensive that basically to keep the price where I have them, which isn't like a discount price, Mm -hmm. to keep the price where I can sell them, you know, at the price we sell them at, I have to wait until the manufacturer has like a 50% off sale because otherwise it's, I'd have to sell them for even more. And I, you know, I just don't think that's fair. So when they have a sale again, if they're still having the sale, I'll go ahead and order some more now. But I think it's only every now and then they have the sale. I have to check, but I'll get more in then. But for now, they were here and they were gone. It's a good reason to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and even to become a patron because you get notice of this stuff before it comes out on the podcast even. But we'll have more. There is one Flowered Path mug left. So those sold out too, almost. There's one left. And I haven't even done an episode of the Flowered Path in a while. I recorded one last night where I mentioned the mugs, so they might be gone before there's a Flowered Path episode. I restocked the Paracord Rosaries at Etsy. They were pretty much sold out, I think, every one. I made a bunch of them last week, including the rosary with the antique crucifix. Those are all in there and ready to go. I wanted to thank everybody who supports us on Etsy. That's another way to help the show. It all goes into the same basket, so thank you so much for helping us that way as well. I literally take a basket to the grocery store, so that's convenient. There you go. And we will have the Flower Path t-shirts should be back in stock hopefully soon. They had to be reprinted. The whole shipment was lost. And Sage over there at Forest Passage, he he was trying to get reimbursed from UPS, as you would, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it looks like UPS isn't going to honor it, and they're not going to re- reimburse him for the package. So he just has to print them all over. Where do they go? That's the question. I don't know, right? Like, where do they go? They're they're going to show up at like... Like eBay or something, right? Or some some auction somewhere. And yeah. Unless he just got ruined somehow. Maybe. I don't know. But he's got to reprint all of those. We should have t-shirts for the Flower Path back in stock soon. All right. Uh, I guess that's it for this episode. I want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you for your support. And we'll be back soon with more Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Collar Arts. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. If you want to hear more or purchase music, you can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com.
We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars. You can join the Strange Familiars gathering group there as well. We're on Instagram, at strangefamiliars, one word, no underscores. And you can find us on the web at strangefamiliars.com. Remember, for merch, you can always go to strangefamiliars.com slash merch. There's pictures of our t-shirts and hoodies and patches and everything there. If you click on those pictures, it'll take you right to those items in our Etsy shop. Strangefamiliars.com slash merch.
On the side it came down, from his feet it came down, and ran to the ground.